It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just say to those of you that have joined us on this last Sunday of 2020. I want you to go back to last year around this time. The end of 2019, we all got excited about 2020 vision and what the new year would hold. We had no idea. We had no clue that this year would have brought what it has brought but we're standing here not because of our own doing not because we're so good not because we've got it all together but because he made a way for us and wherever you are no matter how heavy your hearts might be no matter how difficult the storm might be right now can I just tell you something you're still here Through January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. He's made a way for you. It may not have been easy. It still might not be easy right now, but he is a way maker. And so in your own way, without us telling you what to say, would you just tell Jesus how much you thank him, how much you appreciate, how grateful you are for how he's carried you? Had it not been for you, God, it was your grace and your mercy. It was your hand of kindness and protection, provision, and care that has kept us this year. And so we honor and we bless you. For hearts that are heavy, would you lift them? For those that are struggling with sickness and with illness, would you heal? Would you sustain? For those in the midst of a financial storm, would you, God, bring whatever it is that they may need in this season. For those who are suffering with grief and loss, would you comfort as only you can? We give you glory and honor in the midst of it all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Citadel family, uh, we love you so much. And as we round out this year, let me just say, as I've said so much this year, um, we've always said that we were a church that was bigger than the four walls but little did we know that we would not have four walls to meet in um, because of this pandemic but through it all you've been worshiping with us many of you all have not only uh, worshiped with us but invited others to worship you've been an evangelist and asking your friends and family members and loved ones to connect with us online and we're so grateful and beyond Citadel to many of you who are not members of our church but you have been faithful followers and faithful attendees virtually we are so grateful and we're so thankful for each and every one of you i want us to be mindful this year and particularly in this season for those who have lost loved ones we are praying with and for you so many of our members have suffered loss and we just want you to know that even though time has moved on for other people i know it may not have moved on for you and we're praying with and for you we really are Please, if you're in a situation where you feel like the grief is unbearable, you're going through it in a way that seems unsustainable, would you reach out to us? Let us know. We don't want you to suffer in silence and we don't want you to suffer alone. We are family. Others of you that have lost employment and sources of revenue, we just want you to know God is faithful. We're praying with and for you as well. God, that is our prayer, that you would speak to us, that your words, which are spirit and life, but in a year like we have never seen before in our lifetime, that we would hear a word from you that would give us some sense of comfort, maybe 
some sense of direction as we turn the corner out of 2020 into a new year. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our teacher. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our convictor. It is you that leads us to truth. And so we pray today for someone who may not know you, that you would speak to them, that they may come into a saving knowledge of you, Jesus. For someone who is strayed away and maybe has fallen off, would you bring them back home today, please? And then, God, we pray for someone who may be far away from the church, that you would bring them back into the ark of safety, back into the family, back into the fold. We'll be so very careful, God, to give you the glory and the honor and the praise in the name that's above all others. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all that agree with that said, amen and amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Listen, I have so many pastors and so many friends who are colleagues of mine in the ministry. And as we share notes and talk and share about what God is doing in our ministries, uh, many of them will ask. So preacher, it's been a tough year. People have lost their jobs. People have lost lives and uh, health. Uh, what have you been preaching about? What series have you been in? Some of them were saying stuff like, uh, God will turn it around or he'll carry you through it. I mean, it's been some pretty amazing series that many of my pastor friends have been teaching and preaching. They said, so what book of inspiration have you been teaching your congregation, pastor, as people are in a pandemic? Uh, tell me what book of the Bible. Uh, it's got to be the Psalms. Psalms are, are, are always encouraging. It's got to be the book of Psalms. Maybe uh, it's the book of Philippians. Uh, maybe uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, it's got to be one of those encouraging books that you have given to your church during a pandemic. And I said, well, we've been in the book of Revelation. And they give me that RCA dog look. You know, uh, you've been in the book of what? I said, the book of Revelation. They said, why in the world would you, in the midst of one of the darkest times in our world, uh, actually preach from a book that is considered to be one of the most difficult and one of the most frightening books of the Bible. And I said to them, you all, I, I, I am committed to do what God calls me to do. And, uh, and for, as many of you know, particularly Citadel, uh, I don't do what's uh, often popular. Uh, I do what the Lord uh, impresses me to do. And I'm convinced, you all, that the book of Revelation, although it can be for many confusing, the book of Revelation, although it can be frightening for most, for the Christian and for the believer, the book of Revelation is one of the most joyous books in the Bible. As a matter of fact, if you remember when we opened up the book of Revelation, it, listen, you all, listen, it is the only book of the Bible that comes with a promise attached to it. It's the only book of the Bible. The Bible says, blessed are those who read the words that are in it and blessed are the people who hear it. There's no other. So listen. All you have to do is literally open the book of Revelation and read it. And God says, I'm going to bless people that read it. Uh, all you've got to do. And as a matter of fact, on your Bible app, there is an audio version. If you push play and you listen to the book of Revelation, there's a promise from God. Now, listen, I didn't make the promise. God says, I'm going to bless those who also hear it. He doesn't say that about John. He doesn't say that about the book of, uh, of Psalms. He doesn't say it about any other book of the Bible. He says, blessed are those who read it and blessed are those who hear it. I don't know about you, but I need blessings. And so I'm grateful for the blessing that's attached. But also, you all, I believe that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility in season and out of season. That means when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. That means when it's a pandemic and when it's not a pandemic to still cry loud and spare not and preach what the word of God says, especially as the world is turning further and further away from God. I don't know about you, but this past Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, I was, uh, uh, you know, kind of going through my channels, trying to find, listen, it's the truth, trying to find on Christmas Eve, listen, 
Not even a, a Christian show. Now, if I went to Christian TV, there were some preachers. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't looking for the, uh, you know, the, the, the story of Jesus and nativity. I, I, there are very few of those. I was just looking for a regular Christmas show. Uh, Christmas Eve, couldn't find really any Christmas shows uh, except for like love stories and Hallmark and everybody falling in love around Christmas trees, stuff like that. But there were very few shows. And it amazed me as I went out walking on Christmas Eve night how many people didn't even put up any decorations. No, no lights, no nothing. But let Halloween happen. People got graveyards in the, in the front yard. People got all kind of stuff. Uh, I believe with all of my heart, you all, that the world, listen, the world is turning further and further and further away from God. Now, listen, I'm not here to to, to down uh, anybody that uh, believes other things, but the holiday season, it really means this. Christmas is now bunched inside of a lot of things. Listen, I'm grateful for Hanukkah. I've got many Jewish friends. I thank God for Kwanzaa. I believe that we need to celebrate the traditions of our people and have something that we can teach the next generation about gratitude and pride and unity, etc. However, you all, uh, you can't just go Christmas and just say it's in the middle of everything else. I believe that there is a tide away from the things of the Bible and away from the things of God into a greater secularization. So what am I saying that for? That is why we have been committed to the book of Revelation. So on this last Sunday, last Sunday of 2020, Pastor, what is the the, the message that you would have for us to hear? What is it that God's word says to us today that might bring us some sense of encouragement? Uh, Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. Revelation chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. Many of you know that sometimes I read from different translations, so I'm reading from the amplified version of the Bible. Revelation chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. It says in the Amplified, when he, the lamb, broke open the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour in awe of God's impending judgment. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel came and stood at the altar. He had a golden censer and much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints, God's people, on the golden altar in front of the throne. And the smoke and fragrant aroma of the incense with the prayers of the saints, God's people, ascended before God from the angel's hand. I want to look at verse one again. When the And he, the lamb, broke open the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven for about half an hour in awe of God's impending judgment. If I were here at Citadel in person, I would say turn to your neighbor and announce the subject of the message. I can't say turn to your neighbor, but I'm going to say turn to somebody in the crib. Maybe just turn to the wall. But somebody say, say these words with me. All's well. That ends well. Uh, all's well that ends well. And I actually ended that, if, I, if you were to see how I actually wrote it out, it's with a question mark and then an exclamation mark. All's well that ends well? Question mark. All's well that ends well? Exclamation mark. You all, I believe that the book of Revelation is the end story. As the book of Genesis is the beginning of humanity and the beginning of the workings of God through humanity, the book of Revelation wraps up God's story. And you've heard me allude many times to how I love to watch the end of a movie or I like to know how things turn out. And then I'll rewind it to the middle of the movie. And in the midst of the struggle between uh, the person making it or not, I kind of know how things are going to work out. You all, the book of Revelation gives us who the Christian an understanding of how things will in. We've already opened up with John, who is one of the disciples of Jesus, one of the apostles of Jesus, who was cast away on the island of Patmos as a criminal. And while he was there on this lonely island, nobody there but him, God gave him a revelation of Jesus Christ. And in this revelation of Jesus Christ, the first thing that God showed him was about the seven churches of Asia Minor. We believe that the words that God gave through the angel to those seven churches are also words that God gives to us in 2020. 
praying for the church of Jesus Christ. God gave them encouragement. God gave them admonition. He gave them instructions about things that they could do to become better. But then he transitioned and said, now let's now take the story away from what's happening on earth and let's pull back the curtains of heaven and get a a bird's eye view of unseen things that are happening in the kingdom of God. We've already talked about the things that were seen. We saw that there was one sitting on the throne. We saw that there was a rainbow above his head. We saw that literally there were elders, 20 and 4 of them gathered around the throne of God, them each sitting on their own thrones with crowns on their head. We saw that there were four living creatures, these creatures having eyes all over their bodies. And every time that uh, the angels would worship and the elders would worship and throw their crowns down, so would the four beasts. We saw that there was judgment that began to happen, that the one who sat on the throne had a scroll in his hand. Remember that God had a scroll in his hand? And they said, who's worthy to open the scroll? Basically, who's worthy now to bring to the earth To finally allow the evil and the sin that has happened in the world to be judged. You all, please know this. Just because judgment doesn't look like it happens right now for us, it doesn't mean that it will not happen. God must be true to what he said. And so the world, as it becomes increasingly evil... The world, as it turns further away from God, the day will come, according to the book of Revelation, that God must bring about justice. Why? Because the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin literally is death. So God is going to judge all of those on the earth, all of the things of the earth that have turned away from him. And so we saw these judgments. So we saw now the Lamb of God, the only one worthy to open the scroll, opening each of the seals that were on the scroll. Every time he opened a seal, there was something that occurred. Remember that? Uh, The four horsemen of the apocalypse were released as one of the seals were broken. It says that stars fell like meteorites from the heavens down to the earth when the seals were opened. There were earthquakes that were so massive that people uh, said that literally the mountain, listen, every mountain and every island group were removed from their place. That means if you go to uh, Mount Kilimanjaro, where it was during this time, it will be moved somewhere else. The whole geographical uh, makeup of the planet was shifting now under the opening of these seals. Not only that, but people were praying, let the mountains fall on us, praying for death. You all, it says that there would be famine and that there would be bloodshed, there would be war, there would be all kind of calamity. And then we found that God says that, wait a minute now, before I bring complete judgment, I need to make sure that I seal a remnant of people who will still call on my name. I'm grateful that in the midst of a pandemic, there are people that still call on his name. I'm grateful that in the midst of trial and tribulation, in the midst of suffering and in the midst of adversity, there are still people that call on his name. The Bible tells us that there would be 12,000 people, each from a different tribe of Israel who during the great tribulation, during the time of great suffering, will still call on the name of the Lord. Let me say to somebody that's watching, I know it's tough. I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through. A lot of people say, I know how you feel. Don't nobody know how you feel, but you and God. Let me say to you, though, those of you that are suffering and those of you that are hurting and those of you that are broken and those of you that may not have resources right now and you're wondering, where is God? And you're wondering, why am I going through this? Let me say to you, I don't know why God has allowed you to go do it. I I don't know why God has uh, given you that level of pain, but can I tell you something? You can still choose God. In the midst of unbelievable difficulty and unbelievable adversity, 12,000 from each tribe, 144,000 people in the midst of one of the earth's most cataclysmic pandemics, one of the most evil and darkest times in the world they still called on the Lord I'm wondering is there anybody willing to call on the Lord listen I I encourage you right where you are I dare you as a matter of fact I know the devil don't want you to do it you know why he doesn't want you to do it because when you open your mouth and you praise God the Bible says that God dwells he inhabits the praises of his people anybody can go through suffering and start cussing anybody can go through adversity and get upset anybody can go through hard times and start shaking their fist at God but it takes a real Christian it takes a real believer in the midst of pain in the midst of suffering 
and in the midst of adversity to still give God the glory. I wonder is there anybody watching right now that would just take a praise break and just give God the glory. You might be hurting, but he's worthy. You might be suffering, but he's still holy. You might be going through, but he's still on the throne. I dare you, no matter where you are and what you're doing to still give God the glory. So what does God do? In the midst of all of these judgments, all the seals being broken, he still says, hold on one second. As a matter of fact, I want you to turn to it. Turn to Revelation chapter 7, because some of y'all don't believe me. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. Look at it. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. I love this. I'm going to read from the message. Immediately, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, standing steady with the firm grip on the four winds, so no wind would blow on the earth or sea, not even a rustle of a tree. Then I saw another angel rising from where the sun rose, carrying the seal of the living God. He thundered to the four angels assigned the task of hurling, uh, hurting earth and sea. Watch this now. Don't hurt the earth. Don't hurt the sea. Don't so much as hurt a tree until I have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. He said, you know what? I know judgment has got to come. You know what? I know God has got to deal with humanity's uh, choice to fall away from him. But before that happens, don't you do anything. Don't you let anything happen to the earth until I first seal my children, until I first get a hold of the remnant of God. I thank God that even though calamity happens and even though all hell might be breaking loose, God says, I don't want all hell to break loose to the point that I don't still claim my children. I still want to get those that belong to me. God pauses judgment. Watch this now. He pauses judgment so that he can still get the glory. He pauses judgment so that his name can still be glorified. That brings us back to Revelation chapter 8. It says when he got ready to break the seventh seal, getting ready now to announce the trumpet judgments. Listen, y'all, what's already happened? The Bible says that's nothing like, but like um, birth pangs. Like, uh, you know, when a woman is expecting and she just has, you know, kind of those uh, moments where she feels like she's about to die. He said, that's all that that was. Because what's getting ready to happen, the trumpet judgment and the bowls of judgment that will be poured out on the earth, that judgment is going to be far more intense than any of the pre-labor pains of what's already happened with the seals. But before those judgments happen, when the seventh seal was broken, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour in awe of God's impending judgment. Now, you all, I feel it necessary to say some things today on this last Sunday of 2020. Because you all, I believe with all of my heart that one of the greatest missions that I have as a pastor, one of the greatest missions that I have as a preacher of the gospel is to help people that are far from God get back to God. And listen, you can be a member of the church and not be close to God. You can be a member of, yes, you can be a member of a church and still not be a part of God's family. I told you, I preached at a church one time, I was doing a revival, and I said every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's anybody here, that if you died right now, if you died right this moment, you're not 100% sure that you would be in the presence of God. If you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. The pastor of the church I was preaching for, he bowed his head, prayed to ask Jesus into his life. It's a true story. And I said, if you just got saved and you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand? And as the people in the congregation raised their hands, so did the senior pastor of the church who brought me in to do the revival. What am I saying? Just because you watch on the the video right now doesn't mean that you know Jesus. Just because you're a member of the church doesn't mean that you know Jesus. It is my job. It is my commandment. It is my call to help you all to take a moment to pause And to answer some questions and to get an understanding, do I know Jesus? Have I accepted him? And is he the Lord of my life? We know Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's what Christmas Day was all about, right? But why was he born? What was the reason that God allowed his son to leave from by his side to be wrapped in flesh and to be put in a feeding trough? Why would he allow God to be limited by being flesh wrapped around him you know i mean what 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 was the purpose of this 
What was the reason for Christmas? What was the reason that Jesus was born? I'm glad you asked. Turn to John chapter 3. John's gospel chapter 3. You, you know this. John chapter 3. I'm reading from the amplified version of the scripture, so it might read differently than whatever translation that you might be looking at. But John chapter 3, beginning at verse 16 in the amplified. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son. Watch this now. So that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God, this is is so important, for God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world, That is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Let me put a pin in that for a minute. When Jesus was born in the manger, when God wrapped himself in flesh, he said he did not send Jesus into the world in that moment, in that space as this human walking the earth to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then it says in verse 18, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal savior and Lord is not judged. Listen, whoever believes and has decided to trust him as personal savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. But the one who does not believe. You know what? I don't believe all that church stuff. I don't believe it. I ain't got time for it. I don't believe it. As a matter of fact, I believe everybody got a God. I believe God is in everything. God is whatever I call him. And you know what? That is your choice. And the great thing about God is God has given humanity free will. He did not make us robots or automatons that we would just say, oh, God, I love you. God, I love you without any thought. He gave you and I the ability to say, you know what? I don't believe in God. I don't believe in this religion. It's been uh, made up by man. It's kind of the opiate of the people, a drug to keep the people uh, kind of drugged up. And so, listen, you've got that choice. Well, look what it says in the Bible. But the one... Who does not believe, believe what? Believe that Jesus is the son of God, believes that he is the only way that a person can be a part of God. The person who chooses to not believe that now, listen, and has rejected him as personal Lord and Savior is judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced. Why? Because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of God. The only one who is truly unique. The only one of his kind. The one who alone can save him. This, watch this now. This is the judgment. That is the cause for indictment. The test by which people are judged. The basis for the sentence. Watch this now. He says, well, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that God is going to have some people be judged and other people not be judged? Yes. Why would he do that? Because that's one of his titles. He's the righteous judge. Listen, when you, when you, when you make your own planet and you make your own people, you can then decide what you want to do. You can decide who you want to be. But until that day comes that you make your own world and you make your own people, then until that day comes, we are now subject to the one who has made this world and made all that's in it. And he is a judge. Now watch what it says here. I need you to read this. Verse 19. This is the judgment. That is the cause For the indictment or the test by which people are judged or the basis of the sentence that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. We celebrate Christmas. Everybody loves Christmas. Christmas trees, Christmas gifts. Well, that was the light that came into the world. But the Bible says we may accept Christmas, but we don't accept the Christ of Christmas. We may accept all that Christmas is about, getting presents, getting gifts, playstations, going to the store, having all of that. We like that. We just don't like the Christ of Christmas. Could that be why we want to remove him out of it altogether and have a happy holiday and not a Merry Christmas? Because having a Merry Christmas means I've got to have the name of Christ in the middle of it. And if I got the name of Christ in it, that means that I'm bound to have some kind of 
view or some kind of an opinion about this Christ. And I'd rather not have an opinion about Christ. I'd rather just have a happy holiday than a Christmas. And so you all, I need you to hear this now. Because the book of Revelation is a book, yes, that is about the ending of everything. And all's well that ends well for the people who have come to accept Christ. For those who have chosen, it's their choice, to not accept Christ, all things do not end well. Why? Because there's judgment to those who reject the Christ of Christmas. You all, um, the judge embodies the law and is bound to act in accordance with the law. Stick with me now. Please stick with me. I want you to look at John chapter 5, verse 22. I just want to read this to you. John 5 and 22. It's in the Bible. John 5, 22. The father judges no one. Watch this. But is given all judgment to the son. This is the Bible. This is the Bible. Pastor, I don't believe that. I don't believe, you know, can't nobody, listen, watch this now. Can't nobody judge me but God. You ain't God. Can't nobody judge me but God. John 5, 22. The father judges no one. See, I told you, God don't judge me. But has given all judgment to the son. So yes, can't nobody judge you but God. And God has given judgment to his son. And his son has said that anybody who does not receive me is sentenced to eternal death. Doesn't end well. Matthew chapter 25. Listen, write it down. Matthew chapter 25, 25 verses 31 through 33. Just write this down. Matthew 25, 31 through 33. Listen. Now listen, Jesus came in a manger, right? I did not send the son, in the, the son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus, listen, Jesus' first introduction to the earth was as Savior. Watch this now. When he came in the manger, right? Savior. When he, when he walked the earth, Savior. When he did the miracles, Savior. When he rose from the dead, Savior. But when he comes back in the clouds, he's not coming back as Savior. He's coming back as judge. Look what it says, Romans, uh, Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the glorious throne. We like that, don't we? Mm, one day he's going to sit on the throne oh, in all of his glory and the angels will be all around him. We like that. We like that. Watch this now, though. Hold, hold on. Before him, will be gathered all the nations, everybody, the whole world, people that died way back, everybody that ever lived or ever will live will be before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now listen, you say, well, what does that mean? Those who accept him as Savior and Lord, he will accept them and bring them into the sheepfold. Those who say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in all this church stuff. I'm not with all of that. That's your choice. He says, but I will also separate them and they will be on his left. He's a judge. And the judge must uphold the law and the wages of sin or the sentence of sin is death. And the only way that you and I, who were born sinners, can be free of that sin nature, that sin curse, is to accept the sinless nature of Jesus, who transfers, listen now, transfers his righteousness to us, and then transfers our sin to himself. Let me say it again. The only way that you and I, who are sinful, can be uh, exonerated from the judgment or the sentence is that you and I receive the righteousness that is of Christ and he takes on and receives the sin nature that is us. Not only is he the judge, but he is the prosecutor. 
Some of y'all been in situations in court and prison and jail. Y'all know about this stuff. He's the prosecutor. What's the job of the prosecutor? The prosecutor must present the facts and the evidence and is bound to act in accordance with the law. So not only is he the judge, listen, not only does he have the ability to exact and to finally say this is the decree, but he's also the prosecutor, the one that must present the facts to back up why the person will be sentenced. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a pause in heaven. (laughs) There's a pause in your life. There's a pause in this year because some of y'all were too busy to come to church. Too busy to read your Bible, too busy to share the faith with others, too, just too busy, too busy, just busy. I got things to do. I got stuff to do. Just busy. God says, I'm shutting it all down. I'm, I'm going to let it all stop. But you're not that busy anymore. There was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I, I'm almost done with my half an hour because that's all you're going to probably give me, right? He said there was silence in heaven so that you would be able to. Focus and think about what's to come. As the prosecutor, he must present the evidence. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22 and 27 and 28. Listen to it. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. This is what Jesus says. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Here's the question. Are you angry at anybody in the world right now? You're judged. You're judged. But Jesus said it. He says, the Bible says if you commit murder, you're judged. Jesus says, but I say to you that anybody who's angry with anybody else, judged. Whoever insults his brother, judged. Whoever says you fool will be liable to hell and fire it's in the bible you've heard that it is said you should not commit adultery but everybody who looks at somebody with lust has already committed adultery in his heart and therefore judged the ten commandments break one of them judgment have you ever lied judged have you ever wanted something that wasn't yours judged all of us have sinned Nobody is righteous. No, not one. So there's a pause right now. There's a pause in the world. There's a pause in America. There's a pause in your life, child of God. That you would get it right. Let's not play church anymore. Let's not play with God anymore. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about through Citadel or through a preacher. I'm talking about yourself. Do you have a personal relationship with him? Because if not, the prosecutor will stand before the judge and he's one and the same. He is both judge and prosecutor. Let me say to you and me, the sins that are stacked up against, the evidence that is stacked up against us is too much for us to ever be able to get out of it. The facts, man has sinned. The defense attorney... (laughs) must also present evidence (coughs) and is bound to act in accordance with the law. So you got the judge, right? You got the prosecutor. But then you got the defense attorney. And the defense attorney has to also present evidence so that they can act in accordance with the law. And some of you say this, I'm almost done. For some of y'all, I don't understand about, you don't have no problems with gravity. You don't have no problem with gravity. You something drop down to, ah, I don't agree with gravity. Mm-mm, I don't agree with gravity. Which means it's a law. It's a law. A law always works. Listen, laws work for black people and white people. Laws work for educated people and uneducated people. It is a law. Laws work for people in other countries and in this. Laws are universal. And there is a spiritual law that you, even though you may not believe it, does not change the nature of it. You better hear what I'm saying to you. The law must be satisfied. The defense attorney must present evidence in accordance with the law. Hebrews, just Hebrews chapter 9. I'm almost done. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. 
And you know what? He finally says humanity is guilty. I want you to turn one last scripture. First John chapter two, verse one. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He says, I, I'm praying that we would be free from the stuff of sin that messes us up. But all of us have sinned. All of us are going to miss it. He said, but you know what? If anybody does mess up, listen, if anybody does get it wrong, if anybody does fall short, and I do, if anybody does miss the mark, and boy, don't we all, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is the righteous one. Let me just say this as we get ready to conclude. As one set of judgment ended, and the greatest set of judgment is ahead of us as we turn the chapter in Revelation chapter 8, there was a pause in heaven for about half an hour. A moment for the people to recognize that judgment was coming and that there's some things that maybe we need to reconcile. The Bible tells us that there were 144,000 people who had an opportunity to repent in the midst of great trial and give their life to Christ. In a time where the Holy Spirit would not even be present in the earth, they still came to faith. There was no spirit to even verify what they did, but they still chose. And so on this last Sunday of 2020, a year like we've never seen, a year with unprecedented death, a year with unprecedented suffering and unprecedented economic impact. Many of you that are watching, your lives have been upended because of this pandemic. And now we ask ourselves the question as we turn into 2021, what have we learned this year? What are the things that we take out of this year into the next? What are the life lessons that we should walk and live by? One thing we can come to know is this, that even though it's been a difficult year, you're still here. <laughs> even though it's been a challenging year and it seems as though all hell was breaking loose, you still made it. And all's well that ends well. Now, some of y'all say, well, pastor, don't tell me that it ended well. I lost my job. Don't tell me that it ended well. I lost a loved one. Don't tell me that it ended well. I, I, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not telling you that your condition might not be difficult. I'm not telling you that the situation you're in might not be challenging. But I am telling you that I know something about God that maybe you forgot. I know that the Bible tells us that not everything that happens to us will be good. Not everything that happens to us may feel good. But the Bible promises us in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that all things, even though they may not feel good and even though they may not be good to us, God uses them to work together for our good. Let me tell you something. You might have cried this year, but it built some strength in you. You may have suffered some things this year, but it built some character in you. You may have grieved this year, but you leaned on God in a way that you've never done before. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Hear these words. I know the plans I have for you. Oh my God, all's well that ends well. Listen, I read Revelation not with the same lenses of the unbeliever. I read the book of Revelation not with the same mindset of a person that doesn't know God. But I know the end of the story. And the end of the story is that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. What are those plans, God? I need to know those plans. Right now, I ain't got nothing. Right now, my back is against the wall. Right now, everything around me seems to be unraveling. What are your plans for me? I'm glad that you asked. My plans are to prosper you. Is there anybody that wants God to prosper them? Is there anybody that wants to see God turn some things around? Well, the Bible says, I know what I planned for you, and I planned to prosper you. Oh, so some of y'all should know the story of Joseph in the Bible. The Bible says that as a kid, he had a vision. 
That one day all of his brothers would bow down to him. Not only his brothers, but his mama and daddy would bow down to him. Oh, he was ridiculed, put out, as a matter of fact, left for dead. End up being taken to Egypt as a slave. While as a slave, you all end up being thrown in jail. But while in jail, he remembered the promise. While in the pit, he remembered the promise. And I don't know who I'm talking to. But in the midst of your own pit... In the midst of your own problem, I want you to remember the promise. He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But let me give you these last words and I won't take my seat. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. Oh my God, is there anybody excited at the fact that God says I'm going to give your future a hope connected to it? Well, what is the blessed hope? The blessed hope is this. If God before you, who in the world can be against you? If you got God on your side, I don't care what comes your way. I don't care what adversity is thrown at you. I don't care what calamity befalls you. I don't care what grief strikes your soul. God is always with you. And if God is with me, all's well that ends well. And so you all, I, I, I don't want to ever have a gospel message that is empty of suffering. Because if that's the case, then we don't have a Christianity. Because you cannot have Resurrection Sunday without Good Friday. You cannot have a theology. You cannot have a, a God view. It does not involve some level or some measure of suffering. Indeed, if you're going to be a Christian, you just can't know him, the power of his resurrection. But you have to also know him in the fellowship of his suffering. But in the midst of all of that, what a great comfort to know that at the end of the book, at the end of the book, we win. As I get ready to close and have prayer, I remember... Me and my family last night sat down and it's, I couldn't even find it on TV. I had to buy it on Apple TV. But I ended up buying It's a Wonderful Life. You all know it's my favorite movie. I know every line in the movie. It's my favorite movie. And, and you, listen, I know how the story ends. So in the midst of the story, George Bailey loses some money. And this money is necessary to keep his business open. If the business is shut down, not only will the business close, but he's going to jail. And he's going to jail because they say that it's probably an inappropriate use of funds. And so he is bent out of shape. Oh, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna, going to do all kind of stuff. All I know is... I knew how the story ended. So as I sit with other people who've never watched the movie, in the middle of the movie, they're biting their fingers. In the middle of the movie, they're turning to each other. What's going to happen? In the middle of the movie, they're losing their minds. They're, they're, they're all nervous and they're bent out of shape. And I sit there chilling, eating popcorn because I know how the story ends. Listen, child of God, you might be in the midst of the movie right now and you're biting your nails and you're wondering what's going on. But let me tell you something. I dare you to read the end of the book i dare you to get to the end of the story if you are in christ guess what you win why is it that i want you to know jesus why is it that i want you to be a part of the kingdom why is it that i want you to be connected to the only one that can bring you the joy that you seek it's because when you are connected to him when you get to the end of the book you win i know the plans god says i have for you plans to prosper and to not harm you to give you hope and the future. So as we get ready to pray, Citadel, Citadel family, friends, there's hope and there's a future. And that hope is far greater and far more comforting than anything that you have ever experienced that's been horrible, any suffering, any pain that you've experienced up to this point. So every head bowed, and every eye closed in the presence of our God. God, we thank you so much on this last Sunday of 2020. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, God, for your continued hand in the midst of all that we've gone through. 
God, you've never promised us that we would not have problems. You never promised us that. You said in this world, you will have trials and you will have tribulations. That's what you said. But then you followed up by saying, but be of good cheer. (laughs) Because I have overcome the world, even though the world may throw stuff at you. The stuff it throws at you will not take you out. And so, God, I thank you for those that are watching now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would draw us closer to you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're listening and you say, Pastor, I heard something today that maybe I've never heard the way that you explained it. God is holy. God is perfect. God is pure. He cannot allow anything to be near him that is not like him. He can't allow anything to be in his presence that's not pure, that's not holy, that's not perfect. And we are sinful. We are far from perfect. We deserve, because of the evidence, to be sentenced or to be judged. But then the miracle of Christmas happened. That the first and only baby, the first and only human that was ever born supernaturally. That God himself, the spirit of God, allowed a virgin to conceive. A virgin to bring a child into the world whose blood would not be contaminated by sin. And what can wash away our sin and what can make us whole within nothing nothing but the blood of Jesus and so on this last Sunday of 2020 to everyone that's listening if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life if for whatever the reason no judgment maybe anger at God confusion about God church people making you view God a certain way because they jacked up But if today you've heard something that said, you know what, I I need to get it right with God. I need to get my heart right with God. The Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead and you can be a part of God's family. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer but be a doer and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, Please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith. Org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.